Oh, hello, my little blueberry muffin. How the hell are you? I'm giving you a mission today, and I think you kind of need to accept it because, well, really, it isn't coming from me. It's coming from a Navy SEAL sniper because I'm sorry. No more languishing for you. No more give up. It is time to get up, mark your target, and find your why. Maybe a little snack too. Because of course, we have to go on a ride to find that why. And snacks make every trip more fun, right? And now I need another snack. Her hair is curly, her teeth are pearly. She's got an edge, but she's still pretty girly. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes with Dahlia. So you know how last episode I asked, how are you? Really? And that just got like this flurry of responses because one, I think people were genuinely concerned about me. And I think it's because I put out this video after the podcast, you know, a 13 second video to illustrate oh, almost a one hour podcast because this is why, why do I why am I doing podcasts when all it takes is a 13 second video, but a 13 second video to illustrate the podcast where you see someone ask how I am. And I'm in this nice flowy dress by the river with this backdrop of a mountain. And this is real life. This isn't the green screen or anything. So it's great, right? And I say great. And then cut to me lying on a sofa on this just bed of sadness and despair. And that was acted. That was acted to illustrate a point, right? You can say how you are and you can say that you're great, but how are you really? That's often the part of you that you don't show to people. So when I showed this video, it also opened up this real conversation about how you are really. I mean, I love this. It's not so great. I don't love that a lot of people are not so great, but I love the bravery of the people who came forward to say, not so great, because more people are going through this not so great time in their life than you realize, but they're just afraid to talk about it, afraid to find their way out, afraid to find out how you think about someone who hasn't been able to find their way out, maybe afraid they won't find their way out. And part of this, I think, really has to do also with finding your why, finding your reason, what you want to do. And it doesn't have to be what you want to do, and that's it. And you pursue this for the rest of your life. This can change. It can be dynamic. Something can spark something in you, and you're suddenly going to have this urge to go in a certain direction. I mean, this is really in a micro sort of way, what happens every time I share a podcast with you. It's how you react that sparks my reaction. And it makes me find the why for each individual podcast, what we're going to do, where we're going to go, what we're going to talk about. And so, you know, I look back when I when I was six years old. And I always, I am telling you, I always learned so much from looking back at how I was as a kid to how I've grown into the 
adults? Uh, my parents are adults. I don't think I am, but we all have that sort of imposter feeling too of adulthood. But it's still, it's this thing to look at how you've grown from when you were a child, those deepest fears, are they still with you? And how do they apply to you? And how do they affect you? How do they affect that route you're taking towards where you're going? How do they affect your why? And since I was six years old, my greatest fear has always been death. I think it's because I lost my grandmother when I was six years old. Her name was Bubby Rose, but I called her Bubby Boo Boo because she always had boo-boos. But I look back at that and I started at six years old with this massive fear of death. And then at 10 years old, I'm going down a water slide and I nearly drown in the shallow end because I just hit my head once I got to the bottom. And so I became deathly afraid of water. And soon after that, an attempt at swimming lessons, that proved absolutely futile. And then at 16 and again, 19, I would not do something that I had wanted to do at that point in my life, at both of those points in my life, something that I had always wanted to do throughout my life. I was right there in front of the Dead Sea. This is one of the most magical places on earth, the Dead Sea in Israel, where it's impossible to sink. And I always wanted to try it out. And I was afraid. I mean, to be fair, at five feet tall, I'm shorter than most puddles. So without the ability to swim, I simply avoided bodies of water for years. Until that eventful day when I told perhaps the biggest lie of my life. You see, I wanted to be on radio. There were no on-air openings for a kid with zero experience, so I just decided to create this opening. I create Danger Girl, this quirky on-air stunt character, and I relentlessly pitched and repitched this idea to stations across the country, and pretty much overnight, I got the call. That is about 365 overnights later. So a new station was set to launch in a major market and I'm asked to meet with the big boss, the program director. And I've told you this story probably in episode one, but just in case you missed that first episode, I'll just quickly recap. This program director asks if I'm afraid of anything and I say, of course not, but of course I lied because I'm afraid of everything. But when I say I'm not afraid of anything, he reveals the big plan for me. I'm to be submerged in 10,000 gallons of water for 48 hours to broadcast live on air, launch the station, raise money for sick kids. And of course, I said, awesome. Actually, I have no idea how I replied because I think I blacked out inside. And, and then he tells me that this is going to be Danger Girl's audition. And it's really a good thing that I blacked out or the word audition would have killed me. But it's the day of the event, and a massive tank on a flatbed truck is situated on the parking lot at the city's busiest mall. A crowd gathers. I put on my full face mask, no other gear, and prepare to enter the 10,000 gallons of death. By the time I was done, it was probably 10,010 gallons. What? 
can you hold it for 48 hours? But seriously, once completely underwater, I go on air. This is the first time in my life. And within the first hour, I'm swimming around like a mermaid and doing enough flips that my ears were popping and continued popping for the next month. But I got the job and helped raise money for sick kids and succeeded at something much bigger. How I was able to push through that fear that encumbered me since I was six years old when nothing could ever push me through it before. What happened? What was the difference? My why was greater than my die. Oh, and just wait until I tell you about a part of that stunt that could have been my die that I have not told you about, but we'll get to that because you have to learn about this first. Greater than my die. My why was greater than my die. And that has almost been, and I've only realized this so recently, that has almost been like a superpower for me. And it can be for you too. But I never made that key connection until one night I start watching this TV show. And I don't even think it airs anymore. It was on the History Channel, which something else I never even do. It's called the Selection Special Operations Experiment. This is a crazy show. It is unscripted. I don't even want to call it a reality show because reality shows, it's like a produced reality. So I would just say this is an unscripted show. It takes 30 people with no military background through this ultimate test of human limits and self-discovery. And this is a course that's actually based on special operation forces assessment and selection programs. This is, this is what makes a Navy SEAL a Navy SEAL. And so the show has six instructors who are veterans of the Navy SEALs, Green Berets and Army Rangers, who are challenging these participants with monstrous physical tasks, psychological warfare, tear gas, torture training, and just test after test, or they called it evolution after evolution. It was, it was unreal. It was an unreality show. And these civilians, they can choose to remove themselves at any time and most actually quit. Otherwise, the other option is they can be dropped medically or for failure to complete one of these tasks, one of these evolutions. There's not even a cash prize for this. There's no big anything. But really, no cash prize could ever replicate that sense of personal fulfillment either. It's, it's not a reality show. It's seriously a real show, not even a show. It was, it was more like this self-help book you don't have to read. And the deeply resonating lessons learned and self-discoveries don't just apply to the participants, they apply to you. But now that we're living in a world that doesn't seem to go over 13 seconds because those are the videos that people want to watch, I can help you out by, you don't even have to watch the show. Because I can just tell you the exact lessons that Navy SEAL sniper Sean Haggerty from the show gave to me. 
And it's not just me that's searching for these lessons. It's probably not even just you. You want to know who this is? This is millions and millions of people. Like you do a simple Google search of lessons you learn from Navy SEAL and it's going to land you millions and millions of results. Change the wording just slightly, millions and millions more results. So if you have all the answers at your fingertips, why do you keep searching? Why do people keep searching for these answers? And it's probably because you're really searching for your why. So what makes someone become so entrenched in this why? How do you find this why? How do you get to the point with your why that you're willing to put your life on the line for it? Well, why not ask the guy who put his life on the line for it time and time and time again? Sean. So I don't know Sean. I reach out to him and ask him to chat about this. And it actually turned out to be one of my most, no, the most read article I have ever written in my life. And to this day, people ask me about the article, they visit the article, they want the article, they read the article. I never had any idea that this many people were searching for that why. But it's becoming more and more prevalent. And so Sean and I are talking and he goes all the way back to how this started for him when he was eight years old. And he says that he saw this documentary and he tells his mother, this is what I want to do. I want to be a Navy SEAL. That documentary did it. And then as a teenager, he's this scrawny guy. He's like 140, 150 pounds. And he joins the Navy, heads off to SEAL training. And for some reason, he says, he just stuck with it because it turned out to be the source of discovery for him. And sure, he constantly doubted himself. But the more he stressed about it, the more he practiced at being better about it. And the harder he tried, that is what pushed him. Or so he thought. Because really, what was pushing him wasn't his fear. It was that his why was bigger than his fear. His why was bigger than his stress. And so he continues and he continues and he continues and he's excelling through more and more odds because his why, his determination, why he wanted to do that was more important than the fear that overwhelmed him. And I mean, he spent 11 years as a SEAL. He had four deployments to the Middle East. He had more than 115 operations in Iraq. So as a sniper, Sean faced the possibility of death more times than most people will ever have to experience. But as a grandson, a son, a brother, it was those deaths of the people closest to him that changed his approach to having the best life experience. So sure, this all sounds so easy, right? Sean works hard, he becomes a SEAL, he's deployed, comes back, gets some awards, but he never felt fulfilled within his heart as much as when he just stopped 
making mistakes in life, mistakes that were happening over and over. And he couldn't find his way out of them. His marriage fell apart. His father died. His mother died. His grandfather died. And his sister died. All within a year of each other. And so Jean just starts thinking about all of these mistakes that he makes and how they're leading to these failures. And it really just came down to a moment where he said, I consciously have to think about where I'm going with my life, why I'm doing this. So after years as a sniper and readjusting to life outside war, Sean also had to adjust to the deaths of the very people that you'd need to support you through all of this. And it finally happened, but it didn't happen without work. What he did was he started applying these simple four principles that his parents taught him, that any parents would teach their kids. And these four principles turned his life around drastically. And it's four principles. And it's four principles that you would be taught Probably you've already been taught these principles by your own parents. So one, do the right thing all the time, which, yeah, it's subjective. But as long as you feel like you're doing the right thing, at least you can sleep at night. And think about that for a Navy SEAL sniper, how hard that must be. Think about what, ha what happens when you get to those ethical decisions, especially in war. Two, keep everything simple, because if you don't, it's all going to get jumbled in your head and you won't know what you're doing. Three, always tell the truth, because you start running away in your own lies, even a white lie, like I'll be there in 10 minutes when you know that you'll be there in 15. And by the by, when it comes to arriving on time, ever since I was born 27 days late that hot August in Montreal, yes, my mother does remind me of that quite often. If I'm 10 minutes early, I still feel like I'm late. Arrive on time and don't tell people you'll be there in 10 minutes if you know you're going to be there in 15. But also, on to number four, be a person of your word. Do what you say. Say what you do, which also goes back to that, by the way, not I'll be there in 10 minutes when you know you'll actually be there in 15. And people do this all of the time. They just say things that other people want to hear. So you don't feel as though it's a lie. But then everybody's just lying to each other because nobody's telling each other how they really feel. And that is a really good way to degrade our connection to each other. But really, the lessons that Sean is giving here, these are simple. But that's the problem. It's like losing weight. You know what the secret is. I know what the secret is to losing weight. You eat less, you eat healthier, you exercise more, you sleep properly, you take care of your mental health. You just try to 
balance things out and live a healthy life. Simple. But all of these simple things are not very easy for people to accept. So what's the difference between a Navy SEAL who can apply all of these things and other people who keep searching for that secret? And this is where that secret lies. Sean says, it's the mentality. You know how to lose weight, but why do you want to lose weight? And that is the find your why. It's so hard to navigate the right path in life. Let's say you have a thousand steps from today until X amount of weeks from now to get to that certain goal you have. The hard part is what steps do you take to get there the fastest, the most efficient, the most successful? And then how do you attract other people to you to help you along the way? And most importantly, how do you help other people? So it all comes down to this. Be like a sniper. Mark your target. Think about where you want to be. And it has to be your key thought. Get in your zone. Everything else doesn't matter. What anybody else is doing doesn't matter. It really comes down to you really consciously thinking about where you want to be in X amount of days or X amount of months or X amount of years. And it doesn't matter what anybody else tells you. You have to really stay extremely committed to why why you want to do it. Have confidence in your abilities. So let's say you're working hard. You have confidence in your abilities. You're ignoring all of these naysayers. You're just doing what you do. And when do I even use the word naysayers? But I'm really into this now. So let's say you have all of these pieces that Sean is talking about and you're applying those four principles. They will 100 percent fall flat if you fail to do what most people fail to do. Take your shot. Take your shot. These days, everybody has dreams. Everybody has ideas. But we're lacking our ideas. Do it. Just do it. You are more capable than you think you are. Everything we talk about always seems to come down to that, doesn't it? And you know, when I was talking to Sean about this, with all these lessons that he shares, I have to find out his biggest lesson. His biggest lesson, patience, says the sniper, of course. But one, nobody likes impatient people. And you can connect with people better if you're patient and open to new ideas. Because patience comes, it comes in more than one form. It comes in understanding you don't know everything. So you've got to consistently be open to new ideas. And your dream may not come tomorrow. So you also have to be patient with the process of life. 
And my goodness, isn't it hard to be patient in a world that lives by 13 second videos that wants you to digest information in 13 seconds, a world where you're scrolling for joy and looking for it in 13 second videos. Have patience. And all of the patience, all of the patience that Sean had today, you know where you could find him? Patiently hanging out at San Diego's first organic beer company. He is now the president and founder of Protector Brewery. So if you're in the area, why don't you stop by, have a beer, raise a pint with him. And it can be a pint raised in honor of his fellow brothers and sisters who serve and have served. But who knew a former Navy SEAL sniper would go into this organic beer business? Well, the question isn't who. The answer is why. Because when you find your why, you will find out so much more about how capable you really are. Oh, yeah. And remember when I was in the tank? I left out my favorite part of the story that I promised I would get to. So here it is. Day two, 5.30 a.m. I'm in the tank of water, 10,000 gallons. No one's around except the guy outside from the tank company who's there to just sort of keep watch on me. And then suddenly my mask starts suctioning painfully tightly to my face. I'm underwater. I'm in water. And I can no longer breathe in the dark. It's my worst nightmare. Except in that moment, it wasn't a nightmare at all. It was just something that was happening. And it was uncomfortable. And I knew it wasn't good. And I calmly swim to this glass partition between that guy and me. And I get his attention with that universal I'm dying sign where I sort of just take my finger to my throat to make it look like slit in my throat, like I'm dying over here. But I did it calmly. So he runs to fix something. I don't know what he's doing, but I'm just patiently waiting for my oxygen. I'm not even sure how long I went without breathing. I'm not sure if it was as long as I think it is because it felt like years, really, but it was definitely long enough to show me that you don't really know yourself until you know your why. And I still have many more whys to find. It's kind of like this old proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. I guess maybe I could change it because a dahlia is a flower. So the best time to plant a flower was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Go plant your flower. Now is your best time to find your why. And maybe when you find your why, you'll finally get what you want and so much more than you ever thought possible. And by the by, when in doubt, when I don't know what to do, where to go, how to move forward, 
I go to the water now. One of the very things I used to fear the most is the very thing that calms my soul. And speaking of soul calming, try the Dead Sea. It really is magical. Well, that was my experience. Anyway, my happy place. So where's your happy place? What brings you joy? Because we will find you some. Watch out for it this week. You'll see. And we're actually still in the midst of what I'm for some reason calling the secret episodes of this podcast. I guess the reason is I'm not really sharing this with everybody right now because this isn't the official launch. This is just me and you getting to know each other before I start introducing you to a bunch of really cool people who will join me right here. Well... I'm actually in my bed right now doing this podcast, so I don't think they're going to join me right here. We'll find a place. We're going to, Dad, calm down. We will find a good place for people to join me. But thank you for dropping by our little neighboralia right now. And meanwhile, while we're waiting for these other episodes to start, while we're waiting for that big full launch, I'm still here for you. So come say hi, say help. Say whatever you need to hear about, and that can become part of the show. Just message me at Dahlia Kurtz on Instagram. And yes, that joy, it's coming. Look out for it. Meanwhile, live and help live. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Neighboralia. <laughs>